This is Pastor Eddie Mason. I want to take time to say thank you for listening to our podcast. This is a time of year when we celebrate the birth of our Savior. I wish you a Merry Christmas and hope that the revelation of Christ becomes stronger and stronger each and every day. God bless you, and again, thank you. One of the reasons that I believe we give gifts is because God gave us gifts. He gave us perfect and pure love. The angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that all will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. He will be assigned to you. During this festive time of year, most of us are in a more charitable mood. Our outlook on life improves and everything around us just feels better. Is that because of the presents we're buying or the ones we might receive? Is it because of all the beautiful scenery and the brightly decorated houses as we drive down the street? Hopefully, as Christians, we realize that this season represents a celebration of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And since there is no greater gift than to give one's life to save another, we shouldn't be surprised that Christmas time is the most generous time of the year. December 25th probably isn't the real birth date of Jesus and... uh... Uh, you know, because it looks like he was born in the spring or he was born in the summer or I, I don't know. I just keep hearing all this stuff over and over again. And then I heard a defense of that that said in, in Hebrew culture, one of the things that happens is that at the, the day of conception is considered your birth date. Just because you're not outside the womb doesn't mean that you weren't born that to birth that day. And so if you took that back in nine months and it would fall around somewhere around December 25th. The truth of the matter is I don't care. The truth of the matter is, I want to celebrate the birth of my Savior. I don't care what day you want to pick. December 25th works extremely well for me. Okay, And so I just want to celebrate Jesus, and I want to celebrate the things that he has done in my life. And this is what I know. Jesus, the birth of Jesus, and the faith of Mary, it will be celebrated for all eternity. You understand that... that, that When Jesus declared the faith of his mother, he declared there was a faith unlike hers in all of Israel at the time. And so we just want to remember what Mary did and what she did for us because we were part of that. Now, we're not going to worship her, but we do want to remember her and honor her as the mother of our Savior. Amen. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. One of the reasons that I believe we give gifts is because God gave us gifts. He gave us perfect and pure love. And that gift is such an amazing gift. But I just want to take just a minute and I want to look at this, at this, this man that came into the world. This man, Jesus Christ. You see, because in the beginning was the Word. John 1.1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. Turn to your neighbor and say, all things were made through him. Okay, everything was made through him. And so we we grab hold of this. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. I like what the, the living Bible says here. Before anything else existed, there was Christ. Hmm. Powerful, powerful statement there. Before anything else existed, there was Christ. Can you wrap your mind around that? 
because I want you to understand that ties right into the gift that God gave us. You're not, talking about, you're not talking about just some ordinary gift. You're talking about an extraordinary gift. You're talking about a being that existed before anything on the planet, anything in the cosmos, before anything existed. And when I, got, when I read this, it says in John 1.1, in the, in, in the other translation, it says, all things were made through him. Jesus created all things. Are you all with me? All right, I want you to understand this gift. He has always been alive and is himself God. He created everything there is. Nothing exists that he didn't make. Eternal life is in him, and this life gives light to all mankind. His life is the light that shines through the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. I mean, you begin to think about this this man, child that came, Christ. He was God. Now turn, to your, now turn to your neighbor just to look at your own self and say, would I ever, you don't have to say it out loud, would I ever give up being God? Would I ever give that up? I mean, Jesus had everything and what he didn't have he could create. All power, all authority, all the realm of creation, Everything that you can imagine and many, many things that you can't imagine, Jesus had the power then to create. But Jesus wanted a people to have communion with. He created angels, but angels didn't satisfy him. He wanted something that was created in his own image and his own likeness that could relate to him and the being that he was. You understand? And so this gift now, this incredible gift of Jesus Christ is a gift of God himself. I read something in Facebook or somewhere, and it said, you know, there's many, many times that men have fought to be raised up and saved people as king. But very seldom, take that, never has a king come down and become a servant to save mankind. Amen. And that's what I, I, it wasn't just, I want you to really grab hold of this. He wasn't just a king. He was, is, and forever will be God. Whew. Man, I'm going to tell you something. That is an incredible thing when you begin to read that he said God, he gave. What did he give? He gave of himself. He gave like nobody on the planet has ever given. He gave. And then the scriptures go on to say that when he gave him, he said he was the lamb. The lamb has been slain from the foundation of the world. Mm. Now, I don't know how God did this. One day I will, but not right now. But when God decided that there was going to be a creation, he made a plan. Now, whether that was instantaneous and he had to think about it, I, I really don't know. But the only, way I can, the only way I can describe it is in human terminology. And so if you'll just give me that latitude just a little bit. I, I see God uh, the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit, and they're having this confab, all right? And they're talking to themselves. And as they're talking to themselves, they design this plan of creation. And in this plan of creation, the Father says, you, you know they're going to screw it up. And Jesus says, yeah, more than likely. And the Holy Spirit says, not more than likely, that absolutely will happen. He says, so we've got to make provision for them. 
And so they said, all right. Now, I don't know whether they drew straws. I'm just kidding, folks. But their solution to the problem was Jesus would be the sacrificial lamb. Now, understand this. When it said he was slain before the foundation of the world, the very, the very nanosecond that God spoke that, it had happened. Are you following me? And we didn't see the full manifestation of it until later, but it took place before the creation of the world. The, de- the design of Jesus dying for us. Man, that, that, that's even more incredible. You're going to create something. You're going to have to give up heaven and come down and be slain like a lamb, slaughtered, and you're doing all that just because you want to express your love. I'm not making sense to anybody today. He said, I, want, I, just, I love you so very, very much. And so, so this Christ came down. And the first thing that just blows your mind is God, who stands outside of the known universe and the unknown universe, who holds everything in the palm of his hand. You see, we, we, we have to bring God down so that we can at least begin to understand him a little bit. We see heaven is his throne and earth is his footstool. And so we encapsulate him in creation, but God is not encapsulated in creation. God is outside of creation. And so God is bigger than the universe. God is bigger than everything. And the cool thing is, is that the universe is still expanding. I got so tickled not too long ago, I read about these uh, uh, physicists that they have now come to the determination that the universe is still expanding. They had reached the conclusion that light was turning around and coming back and the expansion had stopped. And I thought, well, if they had just read the Bible, they'd have known it was still going on. Amen? Light can't be stopped. Our God cannot be stopped. And so even in an expanding universe, our God is greater than that expanded universe. Come on now. How big is our God? Yeah, give God praise. Just give God praise. Now this same God confines, turn to your neighbor and say confines, himself to the womb of a woman. Oh, man. You know, used to be television sets were this big and the screen was this big. And technology has gotten better and better and better. And now you can put a television on site and on watch if you want to. Amen? But that still has nothing. That does not compare to God coming in who holds the entire universe. And he says, I'm going to be confined to the womb of a woman. How many of y'all have ever seen one of those sonograms where you see that little peanut? Amen. Jesus became a little peanut. Wow. I don't know about y'all, but I have a hard time even just wrapping my head around that. I mean, you talk about you talk about humbling himself, and we have a problem serving, or we have a problem bowing down and, and doing something, and our God humbled himself to the point that he took on flesh and blood and became a child for us. I mean, it's just unbelievable. 
In Philippians 2.5, he said, Have this mind in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God, counted not the, not the being on an equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man. He humbled himself, becoming obedient even unto death, yea, the death of the cross. And so our God says, I will confine myself. I will take on flesh and blood. I will become a human being that I might be the savior of those human beings. Predetermined before the foundation of the world that he would be the lamb that was slain. And so, and so here we are, our God humbles himself and comes on and takes on flesh. That's the incarnation of Christ. That's when Christ took on humanity. And then in 2 Corinthians 5.21, he came as a little baby. And if anybody ever saw the passion of the Christ, man, Mel Gibson did such an amazing job bringing out the humanity of Christ and bringing out the humanity of, of Mary and, and the other people and just the, the grief and the sorrow and the pain and the agony and the things that took place in there. And so we began to realize that he was a, a, a baby who pooped on himself and had to be cleaned up and had to be changed. And even though he was king of kings and lord of lords, he still was in the place he had to be cared for and taken care of. He was in a place where he'd not yet been exposed to the enemy as far as him saying, this is the anointed one, this is the Christ. He's 30 years old before that takes place. But at 30 years old, he's exposed to the enemy. And after he's exposed to the enemy, God himself, God the Father said, this is my son. What he's saying is, Satan, this is the one you've been looking for. Wow. Wrap, wrap your head around it. Wrap your head around it. Think about this gift. Now let me just be real, real honest with you. How many of y'all been out shopping? How many of you have kind of lost your cool because of the traffic? How many of you have kind of lost your cool because of the lines you had to wait in at the stores? How many of you lost your cool because the parking lots were so full you couldn't get away? Mm. Let, me, let, me, let, me, let me help you deal with that. You see all of that stuff, all that putting up with, all of that hassle and it's a hassle every bit of that it's part of the gift when you get a gift you have to understand that, that there was price there was money that was paid out there was time there was energy there was thought I mean it, that's part of the gift the gift that Christ gave us was himself the torment, the torture, the, the pain, the suffering, the bleeding, the dying. That was the gift that was given for us. Part of the gift. It's not the full extent of the gift. It's part of the gift. Just like the shopping and putting up with the hassle and cooking for too much food for too, too many people that you spend three days cooking and two, two, two minutes eating. You know, that's all part of the gift. Am I making sense to you? And so when we begin to grab hold of this idea that Jesus was the gift 
that we receive and we see him in the eyes of all that he did. 2 Corinthians 5.21 said, He who knew no sin, he was made to be sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Come on, give God praise. Give him praise. I don't know whether you just saw those two pictures or not, but he went from a baby to a man hanging on a cross. He fulfilled the will of the Father from before the foundation of the world. And he fulfilled that so that you and I could have eternal relationship with him. He did that so that he could reveal himself to us. God loves you so much, he wants you to know who he is. We put all our emphasis on salvation and God said, you're saved, that's right, you're going to heaven, but I want you to know me. I created you to know me. I created you to have a relationship with me. I paid a price. I took every one of your sins. I did all of that just so that you could know my love. Woo, come on, give God praise. Give God praise. Am I celebrating his birth? You better believe it. But you see, it didn't stop at the cross. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's a good thing. You see, the lion, I mean, the lamb, the slain lamb, then becomes the lion. Amen. Revelation 5, 5 said, And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not, behold, the lion that is of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath overcome to open book and the seven seals thereof. He said there was one worthy that would release justice and judgment in all the earth, and it was the one that was slain and before the foundation of the world was now the lion of the tribe of Judah that held all power and all authority. He beat death, hell, and the grave, and he's given us power over sin. Amen. Amen. That's our God. That's our God. He is, he is incredible, our God is. Jesus conquered it all. When you go to Revelation 4, 4, I mean, yeah, 4, 4, and you begin to, to see what happens there, and it's an amazing thing. Matter of fact, let me just read it to you. Straightway, John said, I was in the Spirit, and behold, there was a throne set in heaven, and one sitting upon the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper stone and a sardis, and there was a rainbow round about the throne, like an emerald to look upon. And round about the throne were four and twenty thrones, and upon the thrones I saw four and twenty elders sitting arrayed in white garments, and on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceed lightnings and voices and thunders. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne, as it were, a sea of glass like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne and round about the throne, four living creatures full of eyes before and behind. Straightway I saw in the Spirit. Straightway I saw in the Spirit. There he sits. King, King of all eternity. The slain lamb becomes the king of kings. Had he just been the slain lamb, you and I wouldn't have victory. But to him who overcame, he overcame. What did he overcome? Death, hell, and the grave. And he said, sin no longer has power over you. Whew. 
begin to look at that. You begin to understand that. But he's not through, is he? He's not through. He's the returning king. Revelation 19.11, And I saw the heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat thereon called faithful and true, and in righteousness he does judge and make war. And his eyes are a flame of fire, and upon his head are many diadems. And he hath, written, he hath a name written which no one knows but he himself. And he is arrayed in a garment sprinkled with blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which are in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen, white and pure. And out of his mouth proceeds a sharp sword that with it he should smite the nations and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treads the winepress of fierceness and of the wrath of God, the Almighty. And he hath on his garment and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. This is our God. King of kings, Lord of lords. Many diadems, king of kings. Oh, incredible God. Incredible God. How many of you going to ride with Jesus? We start right now. You start right now. You don't wait till you die. We keep putting things off. It's not to be put off. We ride with him right now. This is the present that you received. God gives good present, doesn't he? Wow. What a present. Let me read this and I'm going to close. Luke 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quinarius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that all will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. He will be assigned to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared in the angels, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those You've been listening to Sunday Sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church, a place where you are loved, accepted, and received, a place of healing, a place of prayer, a place of hope. We invite you to join us this Sunday and every Sunday. For service times, location, and other information about the church, please visit our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. As we wrap up today's message, we would like to once again thank you for listening. We would like to also have Papa Herman, an elder at Southside, to speak a Father's blessing over you. May the Lord bless and keep you, that He would cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, that the Lord would lift up the light of His countenance upon you and give you His peace. And remember that the Lord's favor is with you all the time. Expect it. It is with you 
is manifesting itself to you, it will overtake you no matter where you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.